smitten and afflicted See him dying on the tree Tis a Christ by man rejected Yes, my soul, tis he, tis he Tis a long-expected prophet David's son, yet David's Lord by his son now God has spoken Tis the true and faithful word Stricken, smitten, and afflicted That's straight out of Isaiah 53 Which we'll be quoting from a lot tonight Isaiah the prophet foretells the passion of our Lord Described in further detail some 700 years later In Matthew's gospel account from Matthew chapter 27, our main text tonight. There, Jesus identifies with all those who have suffered physically, brutally, unjustly at the hands of cruel tormentors. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Man's inhumanity to man or in this case, man's inhumanity to God in the flesh. Not too long ago, I presented a workshop at the Youth Love Fest conference that increased my awareness of the real-life stories of innocent victims of violence. Stories like this one. Let's call her Terry. Terry's mom and dad took pride that they had raised a happy kid. She was 10 years old now and growing into a decent young lady. But during her fifth grade year, her parents began to notice a change in personality. The youthful exuberance, her joy for life, and the ever-bright smile on her face gave way to sullenness. During that school year, she grew increasingly distant. At this point, her parents approached her. Taking a keen interest, they asked, What's wrong, sweetheart? Adding, It's okay to talk about it. The observed behavior continued. It wasn't until the bruises started showing up that her parents called the meeting with the school principal. Only after hours of prodding did their daughter finally break down crying, admitting that she was being bullied by a group of mean girls at school. Bullying is a real thing these days. And such a widespread problem that our U.S. government has set up a website, stopbullying.gov. It happens in our classrooms. It happens between spouses on an adult level. It's in the workplace. You can be bullied on the streets. The government website describes bullying as a pattern of behavior that is used to leverage power or control over another individual or individuals. It identifies three types of bullying. Verbal bullying involves name-calling and threats of violence. Social bullying happens when a person is deliberately excluded or even ostracized from a group, or others are persuaded not to befriend someone targeted. And thirdly, physical bullying occurs when property is damaged as a threat of further violence or when one actually makes physical contact with someone else by pushing, kicking, tripping, or using one's fists to fight.
Now, if you accept this website's definition as accurate, then we'd have to admit that Jesus was the victim of all three types of bullying during his whole earthly ministry. His enemies, primarily religious enemies like the Pharisees and Sadducees, routinely engaged in patterns of verbal bullying. That was par for the course as they regularly teamed up to try and trap Jesus with their questioning. There was also their social bullying. The Jewish leaders dissuaded people from following Jesus. They spread rumors about him and tried to embarrass him publicly. After reading Matthew's account, which we'll take a look at now, Jesus' physical bullying is absolutely unmistakable. What happened at the Praetorium goes way beyond bullying to utter contempt and outright violent assault. Matthew records in chapter 27, beginning in verse 27, Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters, and they gathered the whole battalion before him. And they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. And twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and put a reed in his hand. And kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And they spit on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe and put his clothes on him and led him away to crucify him. This is the gospel of our Lord. You know, it's one thing for a jealous fifth grader to bully the teacher's pet, but it's another thing entirely to bludgeon a man nearly to death for the heinous crime of preaching the forgiveness of sins and eternal life. Throughout his Palestinian ministry, Jesus was bullied verbally and socially. Beginning late Holy Thursday evening, the physical bullying reached new depths. Tonight, we take a wincing look at how Jesus suffered the soldiers' hands of brutality. What Matthew records for us in chapter 27 is actually the second instance of hands of brutality in the Passion story. Jesus was now in the custody of Pilate, the Roman governor, but in the early darkness of Friday morning, the Jewish leaders had already conducted their own kangaroo court where they physically abused Jesus similarly. At their illegal meeting, the Jews were trying to manufacture evidence to sentence Jesus to death, but couldn't make anything stick. In their volatile zeal, they stopped trying to pin blame on him and just mocked him mercilessly. These church leaders of their day blindfolded Jesus, slapped him across the face, and demanded that he identify the man who hit him. They blasphemed against him, spit in his face, and then sent him on to Pontius Pilate. Now, having interviewed Jesus, Pilate was determined to set Jesus free. But Pilate was also a politician first and a humanitarian second. The angry mob of Jews screaming that Jesus be crucified pressured Pilate into his course of action. Perhaps if Jesus were publicly brutalized the Roman way, the Jews' blind rage would be placated and Pilate could release an innocent man. So, Pilate handed Jesus over to his whole company of bully soldiers, an estimated 600 men to do their worst. The first thing the soldiers did was to whip Jesus' naked back. The lead-tipped whip, called a flagrum, was designed to break open the skin, causing massive bleeding and internal injury, which would weaken the victim enough 
so he couldn't resist any further punishment. This scourging was so violent that the Jews would limit the number of lashes a person could receive. But Jesus was now in the hands of the Romans, and they had no such limit. A cruel piece of irony, this treatment was so tortuous that many actually considered it to be an act of mercy. You were so weakened by the beatings that you died more quickly when led on to crucifixion. For a Roman soldier being stationed in Judea, was like being sent to the end of the world. There was nothing to do. Putting up with the Jews was a pain. Their constant religious infighting was enough to make any soldier quit the army. These bored soldiers had to get their entertainment somehow. And now, Jesus served that purpose. After his brutal whipping, the soldiers turned to ridicule. The Jews' whole case against Jesus revolved around his claim to be a king. So playing to an approving Jewish crowd now, the Romans threw that scarlet robe onto Jesus, probably a soldier's coat. They twisted together a bramble of thorns. They pressed it into his skull as though it were a crown. Placing a stick into his weakened hands, Matthew records that they knelt down before Jesus and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! The company of soldiers took turns spitting on Jesus, beating him over the head again and again. And with every blow of the flagrum, with every spray of their saliva, with every taunt and jeer, Jesus fulfilled God's word. Quote, I offered my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from mocking and spitting. Unquote. Isaiah 50, verse 6. There are a lot of aggressive fathers, and more than a few mothers too, even who argue that the way to handle a bully is to fight back. Punch the bully in the mouth. That's one school of thought. Jesus did no such thing. The same man who taught his followers to turn the other cheek, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, and do unto others as you would have them do unto you, is now the man whom all eyes looked upon. Would he practice what he preached? Yes, Jesus did. And more than that, he fulfilled scripture. Quote, he was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. Unquote, Isaiah 53, 7. Jesus let himself be brutalized. He offered his back. He didn't object to his tormentors. Jesus didn't exercise his prerogative as the true king of the Jews. He was and is the king of the Gentiles. He is king of kings and lord of lords, Revelation 19.16 says. His name is above every name and to him shall every knee bow. So why would our almighty king let himself be so mercilessly brutalized? Why doesn't he stand up and punch those bullies in the mouth? Answer, he did it for you. Jesus let himself be treated that way for you. Jesus knew ahead of time. This was the cup of suffering he had asked his father to take away. But God wouldn't take it away. He had Jesus drink every last drop 
of the cup of wrath. It was the Lord's will to crush and cause him to suffer, Isaiah 53.10 says. Christ was brutalized for you as your perfect substitute. You see, if Jesus hadn't endured this shame, if he had avoided the indignity, if indeed he had retreated from the cross or refused to drink a single drop of suffering, then there is no forgiveness of sins. And God's wrath is still on you. And you better believe that a thrice holy God will do to you much worse than any Roman soldier could by way of God's just and eternal punishment. Listen to Matthew's words and hear how much Christ sacrificed for you. Behold how thoroughly he was brutalized because that's how thoroughly you are forgiven. An ancient church father who lived in the days just after the Nicene Creed was penned, John Chrysostom, explains why Christ's whole body had to suffer at the hands of brutality. Not only one of the Lord's members, but his entire body had to suffer those most dreadful pains. His head was wounded by the crown of thorns, by the blows of the fist, and by the reed. His face endured spittle and smiting. His entire body was scourged, stripped, and arrayed in a robe of sheep. His hands held the reed. Later, his tongue had to taste vinegar and gall, because sin dwells and is active in all our members. Therefore, Christ desired to suffer for our sins in all his members. So thoroughgoing was his suffering that every last part of us would be redeemed. A bully tries to leverage power and control over you. When you're the victim of bullying, you feel alone and powerless as though you have to obey that bully. Sin is the biggest bully on the block. It tries to coerce us into crimes against God's holy commands. The devil is a bully that uses sin. Satan browbeats us into giving in to bad behavior. But our brother Jesus was bullied in our place and was brutalized for all. And we belong to this Christ. Now our spiritual bullies can't demand our milk money and they have no say in our morality. Sin shall no longer be your master, Paul says, because you are not under the law but under grace. Since the forgiving love of Christ lives in your hearts, you happily, delightfully submit to his gracious rule rather than to the empty threats of an evil bully. Submit yourselves then to God, James says. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Freedom from sin and Satan is reason enough to rejoice, brothers and sisters. But as we join Jesus in his gracious rule, we really begin to see what true liberty looks like. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, Peter declares, arm yourselves also with the same attitude, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires but rather for the will of God. That's 1 Peter 4, 1 and 2. Taking on Jesus' attitude enables us now to turn the other cheek. It enables us to pray for our enemies and to do unto others as we would have them do unto us. Because Jesus made peace with us through the brutal suffering in his body, in him 
we are able to live peaceably with all people. Even death cannot keep us down. It's no wonder why the world is so unhappy. So many people are still living without Christ. They're being bullied still by sin and Satan and looking with fear into the jaws of death. They feel alone and powerless themselves as the bullies dictate their lives. How much better is it to have God as your Father? Our gracious, forgiving Heavenly Father raises happy kids and brightens the smiles upon all our faces. Our dear brother Jesus suffered the soldiers' hands of brutality, and now we will never have to suffer God's wrath. With this joy of being in God's caring family, we, his children, can bring hope to those still being bullied. We can point to Christ's passion and tell them, by his stripes we are healed. Amen. And now may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Here we have a firm foundation Here the refuge of the lost Christ the rock of our salvation is the name of which we boast Lamb of God for sinners wounded Sacrifice to cancel guilt None shall ever be confounded